Today's passage comes from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, and that's on page 839 of the Pew Bibles. Again he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path. Where the word is sown, when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns, they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and this deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. This is the word of the Lord. All right, let's get into today's word. Um, I've entitled this message, The Living Word in You. For those of you who, who aren't, haven't been here, this is sort of like a continuation of last week, and we're kind of like wrapping up this, uh, this winter-spring series that I've entitled um, The Incomparable Jesus, and with this tremendously important um, portion of Scripture that, that speaks of the, the seed that falls into four different kinds of grounds. And um, so... Um, last week, we kind of took a, a first, you know, pass at this, and I'm going to, and it's a bit of a con continuation of last week, and today I really want to focus in on the two middle portions. You know, there's four kinds. There's the, the seed doesn't make it into the ground at all, you know, and that's what Jesus, and you know, this is, I don't feel like I have to explain this because Jesus explains it. You know, the, that's the devil took the, the word away, and um, it didn't make it in, it didn't make it into the person's heart, Right? And then the last three, I think, are all different versions of what of what, the way we re wrestle with this, right? Um, we could be rocky soil. We receive 
the gospel. We receive Christ, but, but then it doesn't get rooted. And then, but we receive the word, but we're too filled with worldly desires. And then, of course, the fourth one, which is the one I hope that you all want. And I think if you're honest, uh, maybe sometimes you don't want it, right? We wake up on Monday, and we're actually filled with the deceitful desires, <laughs> deceitful lies of money, and that's what we're thinking about on Monday, really. And uh, so I want to focus on those two in the middle today, the rocky soil and the thorny soil, right? And so um, part one, um, this, is a fun, uh, this might sound strange, but part one I've entitled uh, Zombies or Truly Alive, all right? Are you a zombie or are you really alive? I think that's what this passage is, is kind of looking at, right? Part two, um, those two different middle soils, I, I would say is we're always going to be fight, fighting this in life. And so part two, I'm going to call all of life as repentance. It's a quote. It's a quote from Martin Luther. All of life is repentance. And part three, um, I've entitled the fruit of risen eternal life now. You can be fruitful of the risen eternal life, not when you get to heaven, but now. That's, that's what the promise of this passage is about. Right? So part one, zombies or truly alive? Um, Jesus says there's basically only four kinds of hearts out there. You're in here. You and I are in one of these four. You're like, oh, one of these don't apply. And um, what that basically means is in these four hearts, there's only one of them that bears fruit. And so what there is, is there's a seed, and out of that seed, life, life, life shoots out of that seed. And out of that seed, you know, like you guys understand that a seed isn't really alive. So like, I know you and I are, most of us, we're all a bunch of city dwellers, so we're no, we're no good at this agricultural stuff. But a seed goes into, if it gets into uh, soil, Life shoots out of it. I mean, and so the real question is, is there real life in you? This is another way of saying from God's perspective, from the Lord's perspective, when he looks at all the different hearts in the world, basically people are dead. <laughs> that's really what, that's another way of putting it. That most people, I know they talk and they walk and, you know, they eat and they consume and they're alive. But according to the Bible, according to this perspective, everybody is essentially like a zombie. <laughs> okay, does that make sense? Um, you know, you guys ever, I don't, I don't know, like uh, when I was younger, nobody liked zombie movies, but they're kind of making a comeback. I have, like to me, they're really weird. Um, why? I have no idea why zombie movies are popular in this particular day and age, but you guys all know what a zombie is, right? It's like, it's like a, it's like a, I don't, you know, they're all kind of like weird and gross. Like, so they move, and sometimes they talk, and they do stuff, but really inside, they're like soulless and dead. And from God's perspective, you know, when he, when he says that this is the way, the way he looks at the world, that's essentially what, you know, we, when you go out into the world, according to the Lord, you're, you're like, you're dealing with zombie life, which is death, right? And it, so it looks like people are alive, but they're all just waiting to die, really, because inside they're dead. So when Jesus, this is, I'm trying to give you like the way, when the Bible talks about, when Jesus is talking about fruit, fruit is the stuff of life. And the real question, the reason I'm saying this to you this way is, 
Because most of us, when you go out into the world, you're like, eh, am I more spiritual or less spiritual? I don't know. Um, hopefully, I'll be more spiritual sometime tomorrow. Maybe down the road, right? Especially some of you younger guys. You, you know, you, you want to get your, you want to get your, get into the good colleges and make good money. And then somewhere down the line, maybe I'll get serious about, about God. And then, like, something spiritual will happen. But if you're looking at life that way, you're not actually looking at it from the perspective of, of the way Jesus presents life. You're using a kind of religion-y, Christian-y way of like perceiving, and then there's like the more spiritual people and they're spiritual. And I'm kind of like, you know, C minus or, or maybe worse. And then of course there's the people who don't know, they don't know Jesus at all, right? But the way Jesus looks at it is there's like zombies and then there's alive. <laughs> Kind of the way he puts it. If you go out into a field and um, there is no tree, you know, let's say there's like you see a tree and there's no fruit, you know, you could think that that tree is alive, but if you just keep watching it season after season and no fruit comes out of that tree, you know what that really means? That tree is a zombie. It's dead. It's really what it means. If you go out into the field and there is no tree and there's and then there's no fruit and there's only like thorns and weeds, what do we got? We just have just kind of gross, nasty field. And obviously, if you go out into the field and there's not even weeds, then and you just have just like a pathway just paved out, you've got no life at all. So when the way Jesus presents it is, you either have like no life or like zombie life, zombie life. But what we don't have is real life. Real life is the stuff that is fruit, right? And where does it come from? It comes from the gospel. And so that's the first thing I want to say to you, that if there's actually real life, it's like there's a seed, and then this thing can't help produce this thing that Jesus says 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. You're like, I'm not that good a Christian. I'm never going to produce whatever. I don't even know what their 30-fold fruit is. But let me just think about this. Think about this from the perspective of the way Jesus presents it. The seed, like let's say you're going to plant apples, okay, apple seeds. So you have a bunch of seeds. When you take a look at this thing, the, the seeds don't look like much. And when you throw it out there, you're not, you know, there's all these different soils. You actually don't know what the best soil is. You know, you may think, I, I, know, I know how to like, figure out what the best soil is, but you actually can't tell. I tried to emphasize this to you last week. You have no idea who among your friends is going to get saved if you, if you throw the seed into their life. You have no idea. You actually have no idea. You think you do. Oh, this person's a little more interested in church. I think that person will get saved. I'm sorry. You, you, if you want to make a bet on that, it's probably a bad bet. And then you're like, this person is probably not interested at all. And... But like two years later, they're the ones running hard after Jesus. It's probably a bad bet. You have no idea. But the only way you can really know is the seed goes in and it all looks the same. <laughs> and then the tree comes out and then fruit just starts. So it's like an average seed goes into seemingly not very good soil. And then you get 30, 60, 100, even 1,000 fold, just, just fruit just starts piling out. That's what actually happens. This is what the life, the real life that comes out of the seed, it, it'll happen. I gave you this picture last week. Um, so my, I am terrible at agriculture. I mean, I, I am, I only, everything I know about agriculture is all theory. 
right? I, I don't know anything about it. But, you know, I told you we have a lemon tree in our backyard and, um, and an apple tree in our backyard. Do you think the soil in our backyard is any good? As far as I know, I don't know if it's good or bad. In fact, as far as I know, it's bad. <laughs> but this apple tree, somehow it's growing and it produces fruit. So like, so it's like, this is our bedroom, and the apple tree is right here, and then the lemon tree is right here, okay? And then like the fence is right here. This apple tree, I said to you last week, if I didn't saw away certain branches, the branch would like break into our window, and then, and then apples would be growing in our bedroom, and then we'd have to be dealing with apples in our bed. That's, you cannot stop it. And here's a question I want to you. Do you want life in your heart? That's a question I want to present to you. Do you want this? Do you want life? Do you, or do you want to be a zombie? It's really a question that you have to ask. You want life or you want a zombie? And the real thing of life when God says it, it's the fruit. Okay? That's part one. Let's go to part two. All right. What does that actually happens when the gospel goes in to a person? Is it a word? Like, like conceptually, I have a mind. There's like a doctrine. I believe this doctrine. Now I'm a Christian. Okay. At the religion level, that's what looks like it happened. Okay, you go to church, they teach this like doctrine, blah, 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 blah. Jesus is like this, he did this, and you're like, do you believe that? Okay, great. Okay, that's what it looks like it happened at the level of when we, at the analysis of religion. But if you go inside and you see like there's soil, here's what's actually happening. The seed goes in, it breaks open, and a life emerges in you. You know what that life is? It's Jesus. <laughs> That's the life. The life that emerged in you is God himself came into your life in the person of Jesus Christ. And the other, other portions of scripture you know, have a little bit different descriptions. They'll say like uh, one of my theology professors, he would like read it out of like, you know, out of like, like Romans or, or out, out of 1 Corinthians and, or out of Ephesians. And he'll say, when you believe in the gospel, you become united to the life in Christ. Or if he wants to get even more technical, you're, you're united to the death and resurrection of Christ. Everything that he's done for you, everything that he is, he's now with you. He's alive in you, with you, period. Now, if Jesus is alive in you, you, you don't think something's going to happen? Something has to happen. <laughs> something's going to happen. I told you even, guys, last week, if you start running away from him, he will, <laughs> he will do stuff to you. All right? And you might not like what he does to you because life is in you. <laughs> right? Life is in you, and you can't, try, you can't continue to be a zombie because Jesus has a way of kicking out the zombie stuff. Right? So life is in you. And what I want to do is, now, what we all want to do is we just want Jesus to be in there, and then I'll just be lazy, and can you just kind of do stuff to me? Right? He is clearly doing things to you. But... If you're alive, you know, we respond. Because you're not, you're not rocks. You and I aren't rocks and soil. It's just a description. But there's a response. And the response to the, this person, the, the seed has gone in, now the seed has gone in, it's, alive. It's, it's a person. There's a response to a person. And then, will it be a rocky response? Will it be a thorny response? Or will it be a fruit-filled, good soil response? That's the question. Right? 
And what I want to give you to talk to wrestle with this is I want to give you a great quote from um, Martin Luther. And this is the way he put it. After you believe in Jesus, all of life is repentance. That is life. Life is repentance. You know, we, we habitually want to be zombies. We want to be zombies and act like zombies. But actually, all of life is Jesus is here, and he doesn't like zombie life. He likes real life. And he's always wanting, like, fruit to come out, his fruit. You know what that fruit is? It's heaven. That's what it is. It's the stuff of heaven. Because he's not going to live in a zombie place. He's like, I'm not living in my life. Jesus is God is the God of the living, of the alive. And he's resurrected, and that's eternal life. Eternal life is living in your resurrection. The person of Jesus, is he a dead person or is he alive? Easter says he's alive, and he's alive in you. And so now responding to Jesus, and then you look at the zombie junk, junk that's in you, you know what that is? It's repentance. All of life is repentance. It's a fight. You know, uh, one of my favorite preachers, Min Chung, he doesn't use the word repentance. He could tell us, if you are fighting, you're alive. That's what he puts it. Is there a fight? There's a fight, right? If you're not fighting, then you're dying. But if there's a fight, you're repenting. You're alive. Let's talk about the repentance. Um, I want to talk about first the rocky ground. So this is the way it says in verse 17. So they first get excited. You receive the gospel. But then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. That's verse 17. They fall away. Um, you know, um, I want to say this. Uh, in the world, do you, you ever notice you watch the zombie movies? All the, It's weird. Like someone is alive, and then the zombies, like, they attack the, they attack the, the person who's alive and then want to bite them and then turn them into zombies, right? That's a pretty good description of why, what happens when, you're, when you become a Christian. You know that? You know, in America, it's starting to get more intense. You become a Christian, and immediately you realize, ooh, other people are going to not like it. Yeah, right. In other countries, if you become a Christian, they, they might literally try to kill you. Because the, the last thing they want spreading is the gospel. We're Hindus here. We can't let that stuff spread. We're Muslims here. We can't let that spread. Guess what? In America, we're secular atheists here. We can't let that stuff spread. And um, so I want to, this is not an easy word, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mess around here, right? Um, Jesus is, is, is pressing you. You want to be a zombie or you want to be alive? As soon as you believe in the gospel, the first thing you're gonna, you know what's going to happen is push back. It's going to be pushed. It does not matter what culture. So we, well, we want to think like somehow America is a nicer place and it's supposed to be more tolerant. It's a lie, right? It's, we're like tolerant of every worldview except the gospel. And you guys already know that's true. But it's really interesting. What, is, what makes it offensive here is different than over there. Like it's different. What it makes it offensive in China is different than what it's going to be in Saudi Arabia versus what's going to be in like Brazil versus what's going to be here. It, what makes it offensive of Christianity here is even different than what it is in, like, I don't know, in, um, in Kansas. <laughs> but um, let me just be, let's, let's, let's be real here, right? If you're here thinking, let's, we can just be nice to everybody else, and then I don't have to stand up and, like, come out of the closet 
and let people know I stand with Jesus? Um, no. <laughs> well, you know what the first piece of knowing whether you're alive is? When people ask you, you believe in Jesus? You I say, I, I do. <laughs> Actually, I do. Then you'll come out of the closet. Or will you fall away? I'm pressing you. First thing in Christianity is courage. You got to know who you are. Now, let me put it to you this way. This is the real truth of who you are. You think you're by yourself. You're looking at the mirror. It's you. Other people are out there. But the real truth is you're looking at the mirror, and Jesus is there too. <laughs> if you believe in Jesus, if you've accepted the gospel. Everywhere you go, whatever you do, he's with you. And he's alive. You want to go scurry into like zombie land, he'll just like follow you in there. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Aren't you alive? Why do you want to hang out with, why do you want to do zombie junk? He's like, you're alive. You're not a zombie. So, yes, it's, it's, I know it's really annoying when, you know, a live person follows you when you want to act like a zombie. You know, gosh, I want to go do porn. Oh, it's really annoying when a person does, it's really annoying, okay? But that's, but guess what? That person who's alive is with you now all the time. I want to say something I said to my son once, right? And this is really real. Whoever you are before God is all you are. Nothing more and nothing less. Okay? Let me say that again. Whoever you are before God is all you are. Nothing more and nothing less. Why am I saying that? So you can go out into the world, and you know your coworkers, your friends, your family, whoever it is, they won't like that you believe in Jesus. For whatever reason, they'll think you're a bigot, or they just think you're overly religious, or whatever the heck it is, right? And if that subject matter comes up, or you have an opportunity for that subject matter to come up, Jesus is standing right there. You don't think he's standing right there. <laughs> But if you, the seed of the, of the gospel is in you, he's standing right there because he's alive, remember? He's right there. And then you're going to be with, you're, you're like, you want to forget that he's with you, and then you're going to say to your friends, well, don't really believe in that stuff. Hmm. Really? Is that, the way, is that what you want to say before God? So before God, you just denied him. I'm telling you, that's who you are. Um, let me share a couple of tough Bible verses for you. Um, so I, I shared with, a, like two weeks ago, I, I shared this really good piece of advice to young people. You should read the Bible. And if you read the Bible, you've read verses like this. <laughs> okay? Well, I read the verses like this when I was a teenager. Oh, man, I got scared. But maybe you've never read these verses, but Jesus, this is from Jesus. So this is, um, this is uh, uh, Mark 8.38. Okay? This is what he says. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, that's how Jesus calls zombie land, <laughs> adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man, you know, that's him, also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the angels. Is, is Jesus coming back with his Father? In his glory with the angels? That's, that's a sure thing, right? I hope you think that's a sure thing. That's an absolute sure thing. Now, when he comes back, 
Do you want him to be ashamed of you? That's an important question. And that question is alive every day. Every day. I want to just, I know that's, the, that's a tough question. Okay, you, okay now let's, let's, this, this, is, let's, let's, this gets harder. Okay, let me show, show you this one. This, let me show you this verse. This is a tougher verse. This is Matthew 10, 32, 33. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. You know if he denies you, you know what that means? Okay, let, let's, let's be really clear about this. The first verse is nicer. <laughs> you get to be with Jesus in glory, but he's ashamed of you. That's not fun. But this verse is tougher. You've denied him, so he denies you. You know, when you're before, when Jesus is with, you know, if we're with him, and then he's before the Father, and the Father goes, who is that? He's like, I don't know. You know what that is? That means you get to go to hell. Because if he says, he's not with me, I don't know who he is or who she is. That's a really, really bad day. That's a really, really bad day. Because now, that means you're gone. That's a really, really scary passage. Every day, are you alive or are you a zombie? Who are you before God? I want to ask you that question. You know, um, some people say Jesus is super nice and Paul is the one who's mean in the Bible. C.S. Lewis once pointed out, he's like, that's not true. <laughs> you, read, you read the Pauline stuff, all the really kind stuff about grace is there, and Jesus says all the truly terrifying things. He really does. <laughs> he really does. Now, some of you are going like, I've denied Jesus in front of my friends. Does that mean I'm going to go to hell? Any of, you, any of you guys in high school? I've done it when I was in high school. I remember reading that. I was like, I think that. I, I remember reading that. And I was like, I did this in, at, in school. Oh my gosh, I'm going to burn. <laughs> and then I went to college. And then I did it in college, even though I knew the verse. <laughs> you guys, anybody can relate? And then maybe it happens in your work. I mean, I, okay, let, let's get real here now. You go to lunch, everybody else dips right into their lunch. You pray before your lunch, and they're going to be like, well, that's weird. Are you one of those Christians? You just came out of the closet. By pray you didn't talk about Jesus. You didn't talk about going to church. You just prayed before your meal. You just came out of the closet. You believe in Jesus? Here you go. Are you going to deny? Maybe you've already done it. According to Jesus, at least according to Matthew 10, 32, 33, you know, it's really great that there's more in the Bible. Huh. Let me tell you the answer to this. So he's saying this to 12 guys. Disciple number one, what's his name? Peter. You know, there's a really important story a certain number of chapters later. Are you with Jesus? Peter goes, no. Are you with Jesus? Of course you're with Jesus. You have the same accent. Bleepity bleep. Heck no. <laughs> Are you with Jesus? Then he, then he starts swearing and no. Then the rooster crows. 
And Jesus says, you will deny me three times. He's like, that's no, there's no way that's going to happen. And he did it. Did Peter go to hell? What happened? He's forgiven. He's forgiven. So, have you been rocky soil? There's a good bet you probably have been. I've been. Right? So let's go back to the gospel. All of life is repentance. Let's be like Peter. We go back to the gospel. We go back to the Jesus who has died for us, forgiven us, washed us, restores us. And then tomorrow, are you with Jesus? Yep, I'm with him. You bet I'm with him. You don't have to be obnoxious about it. But you're clear. Who you are before God is who you are. Because you're alive. Let's talk about um, the other one, the thorny. All right, here's this, verse 19. Here's the way it puts it. The cares of the world, so they hear the word, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and produce and it proves unfruitful. In other words, so they hear the word and then they go back to zombie land and let's go do zombie stuff because like, let's go like the things zombies like. Right? Instead of eternal riches. So, um, okay, I don't think I have to ask you. Anyone here know what thorny soil is like? It's like, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but if you don't raise your hand, if I ask you to raise your hand, I'll say, you're lying. <laughs> all right? You're all thorny soil. And it takes one and no one, and I know it, okay? Because this is like the thorny, like this is like one of the thorniest places in the whole world. <laughs> This is Silicon Valley. It's like thorny land, and we love thorny hearts. That's like, that's us. It's worldly. The deceitfulness of riches, are you kidding? It's honest all the time. It's honest whenever you pay your rent. It's honest when you're like studying for your SATs. It's honest when you pay your mortgage or you desire. It's like, I wish I could have a $5,000 mortgage, but I can't afford that, so I'm just going to pay $3,500 for rent. So we're thinking about that all the time, the deceitfulness. But if I could just... Have that house, then my life would be so great. Deceitfulness of riches. Hmm. Don't you just think about that all the time? I think about it all the time. Hmm. Okay, so some of you older guys have been with me. You've heard me tell this story, but the younger guys haven't told this story, so I'm going to use this one today, right? So let me tell you guys this. When I was 16, when I was 16, you know what I wanted? I, okay. I, I just want to love Jesus with all my heart. Of course not. <laughs> I went to church. I was, I was a really serious, I, I thought I was a really serious Christian. I went to church. I went to church on Sundays. I went to church on Thursdays. And then they shifted to Fridays. And on Friday. Then when I went to college, none of my friends went to like university small group. I went to university small group and large group. I'd go on Tuesday. I'd go on Wednesday. And nobody got up for church on Sunday morning. And I got up. But that's not what I really wanted. When I was 16, what I really wanted was a BMW 325i, <laughs> convertible, <laughs> red, had to be red, okay? That's what I wanted. That's what I really wanted. Of course, you know, when I go to church, I'm like, what I really want is a BMW. No, of course don't say that, because <laughs> that's too stupid. That sounds too stupid, all right? So we don't actually say that, but that's what I knew I really wanted. Now, let me, t let me say something. 
It wasn't about the car. You guys know what I mean, right? It doesn't have anything to do with the car. It's what it symbolized. Inside that car was everything this verse is talking about. <laughs> right? Everything that that verse was talking about. I mean, my, I had a friend of mine, and he probably didn't care about the BMW. He probably wanted a Ferrari, okay? I mean, me, I thought a Ferrari was a little too gaudy and, you know, shallow. <laughs> right? I was a little bit more refined. <laughs> and I wasn't so ridiculous that I had to have a BMW 735i, right? A 325i, I'm a modest, good Christian. <laughs> a 325i, 1988. Of course, you know, like, I would have settled for a white one, but, but, but red was the color, or hello, okay? But it wasn't about the car. It's about everything that it symbolized. Now, here's the question. What's your BMW 325i? What's yours? Is it a Gucci bag? Maybe that's like, that's not cool enough. I have no idea what the coolest bag is today, OK? So just, just understand, whatever you think is the coolest bag, just replace Gucci bag with whatever yours is. Like, Pastor, that's so lame. Who the heck would want that? Fine, OK? Just replace yours with whatever your bag is, OK, ladies, all right? You know, just what, what is that? <laughs> whatever that is, that's yours. Here's the question. According to Jesus, that thing competes with real life. If that thing is too big in your heart, then you won't be fruitful. The fruit will be in the way. It won't, it won't get in there. It's like, you guys ever gone onto a, 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 gone onto a garden? It's, this is totally true. Right? In our backyard, there's like crazy weeds. I always think of this as the thorny and the weeds passage. Okay? In our house, we had like more weeds than fruit. It's crazy to me that, that I, like, there's, like, there's like crazy weeds, and somehow I can't believe this apple tree produces apple. Because I, I just thought, I just figured that the, the, the thorns and the weeds would just suck up everything. But apparently, it's so powerful, it can defeat. In your life, you have to have a fight against your BMW 325i. You have to take a look at that and say, you are not my savior. You are not my life. You're just a zombie lie, right? Can you imagine if I got that thing and I was still driving it around today? I'm like, aren't I so cool? You guys are like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> the car is old and it's lame. <laughs> but you guys know what happened. Today it would be a, you know, when I was in 1988, it would be a 325i. Today it would be a Tesla. It'd just be something else. I would just want a Tesla, and, and it would, of course it'd still be red. <laughs> okay. What's yours? All of life is repentance. Jesus is standing right there. And he wants to give you something more. Something more. Something better. Can you really believe that? It's hard to believe that. I know it's hard to believe that. You have to look at your money and just say, you're just money. <laughs> and if you really know that it's just money, then you hear Jesus, and when he tells you, give your money away, you will actually give your money away because it's like, it'll be gone, and who cares, and I can do it. You can do it because he's life, and this is just money. It's just a car. It won't be 
your life full, you know? And so that's why I, I worked hard on my SAT. <laughs> I worked hard on my SAT to get that car. But the car wasn't about a car, it was about a life. That would be, that will make my life so great. But it's all bogus, it's garbage, it's not true. All right, let's go to the gospel. The fruit of risen... Oh, wait, no, i got to give you this verse, and then we'll go to the gospel, okay? Here's one more verse. This one's, like, not scary. This is the good stuff, okay? I gave you, like, two really scary verses. Let me give you a good one. Also from Jesus, Matthew 6, verse 31. Do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? What bag shall I buy? <laughs> what car will I drive? Same difference. For the Gentiles, the godless people who don't know, you know, because the Gentiles and Jews are people who don't know God. Seek after all these things. The zombies seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need stuff. <laughs> okay? He knows. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Isn't that crazy? He'll give you stuff. I don't know if he'll give you a BMW, but he'll give you what you need to eat and drink and wear and drive and where to live. He will give you these things. But seek first his kingdom. <laughs> seek first his kingdom. That's from the one who's alive. Okay, let's go to the gospel. Okay, this is the part that I always think is the most important fruit. When I was, I, I shared with you guys last week that I always thought fruit was, I got to make somebody else become a Christian. If I don't get them to become a Christian, I'm going to show up and I'll have no fruit in my life and I suck. That'll be terrible. So I always felt this pressure to like make somebody else into a Christian. That's legalism. You know what fruit is? It's like the stuff of heaven. That's the stuff of the people who are alive. I've always told you that it's, uh, it's holiness. But nobody would be interested in holiness because that's too religion-y. So here's the verse. And, I, and I, I've said it to you many times, but you should memorize it, okay? <laughs> right? Galatians 5, verse 22-23. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit. The fruit of the Spirit of God. When you believe in Jesus, this comes out of you. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. It's all of it. You can't just have love but no peace. What good is that? I have love for my son, but all of them just filled with anger. <laughs> I have love for my wife, but utterly no patience. And then she will leave me because she'll like, you say you have love, but you got no love. Because love without patience ain't much, Right? What do you really want? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's all kinds of other stuff. Generosity, <laughs> gratitude, thanksgiving. This is like not the total list, but you get the picture? Do you really want love, joy, peace overflowing 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold in your life? Or do you just want money? <laughs> If you could choose a billion dollars or love, joy, peace, which one would you choose? That's a good question, isn't it? It's a hard question. 
And I was driving here today. At 7-Eleven, it said that the lottery was up to $750 million. <laughs> Which one would you want? You want the $750 million? Or you want love, joy, peace? I told you that if you, get, if you believe in the gospel, you're united to Christ. So let me close this way. You're united to his death and the resurrection. You know why it's like that? Because the Bible, the gospel, is unbelievably realistic. In order to walk in this life and have real life, there has to be death in you and new life. We must be dying, and the dying leads to the living. But if we died, we'd just be like, I'm dead. I, that stinks. That's terrible. So you know what Jesus did? He said, put your dying on me. All your death will be my death. So let's put it this way. When we fail in sin, all your failure and your sin dies with him. And then what does he do? You denied Jesus. There you go. Good job. Total coward. But he forgives you restores you because he's with you united to him by the gospel forever so you feel depressed and sad because you didn't get into the college I know this is college week (laughs) you worked so hard or you didn't get the job you wanted or now in your 30s and now your career is not working out the way you wanted and so you feel like You just thought it was a job, but it wasn't just a job. It was your worth. You found out that your job was your worth. See, it wasn't just an SAT score. It wasn't just a score. It was your worth. And then it feels like it's dying. And then there he is. He says, all your dying, your depression, your disappointment. You know what that is? It's a curse. Put the curse on me and I'll take it away. (laughs) Oh, I'm alone here. I'm in the darkness. Nobody's going to care. My wife doesn't care. Nobody at church cares. But you're not alone in the darkness. The one who's alive, you feel like you're just like slipping away into zombie land, and all the other zombies are going to squish you until you're nothing. But the one who's alive is with you. And you're never going to slip away into the darkness because he will pick you up. And even if you're dragging and kicking, maybe he'll kick you in the head and say, stop that. (laughs) He's like, stop that zombie stupidity. He'll kick you in the head out of love. And he'll pull you out of the darkness. Like, I don't even know how to feel joy. (laughs) You don't even, maybe you don't even think I can feel joy. Or maybe you've been trying to be patient all your life. I'm never going to be patient. My wife is always going to hate this about me. And then, you know what he does? So annoying. He makes every person cut you off when you're going to work. (laughs) He gives you that friend in your life that can never stop being annoying. 
And then you get angry and then you start like acting like your old zombie self and then relationship starts to break apart and then you're sitting there and he's sitting, standing there going, remember I'm here. <laughs> remember I'm here. And hopefully you'll go to church and you'll have your obnoxious pastor tell you all of life is repentance. Jesus is there. Life is there. And you turn to him and supernaturally, he lets patience grow. <laughs> patience grow. You know how I can tell you this is how it works? Because this is how he did it in me. <laughs> if you guys don't think I'm a patient person now, you should have met me 10 years ago. You should have met me 20 years ago. My gosh, I was a horribly impatient person 20 years ago. Some of you actually told me I'm a patient pastor, which I always think is really hilarious. <laughs> I always think it's hilarious when people say, you're so patient, pastor. I'm like, that's so funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, there must actually be fruit that'll happen in you. Takes one to know one. So let me put it to you this way. Is he with you? Did you open your eyes and see it? This is the gospel. This seed is in you. This person is there every day. He's never going to leave you alone. He's never going to leave you alone. Okay? So you might as well stop trying to run away. You might as well respond. You might as well have a fight. Do you remember that? Maybe you could follow him and repent and obey him. And he'll give you life. Love and joy. A lot more than you ever thought. A lot more than you ever thought. <laughs> and then money will just be money. <laughs> You'll stand in front of your friends. You believe in that, Jesus? Sure do. Lots of courage. Lots of courage. With joy and patience. Love for them. They hate you. <laughs> and then you can love them. They curse you, but you're patient. That's the stuff of life. Life. That kind of life never dies. That kind of life defeats death. I hope that's the kind of life you want. It's yours. In Christ. Let's pray. We are schizophrenic, cowardly people. It feels like it would be so much easier to do zombie. But being dead is terrible. Dying is terrible. Sometimes, Lord, you let us run away because we're just so stubborn and so dumb. And we have to pay and taste the stuff of death hang out with the zombies and do the zombie thing and then till we remember man dying and being dead is terrible help us to remember that your word was planted in our heart <laughs> the gospel which breaks forward a person who's alive so alive death can never defeat him and you want to give us that life 
Help us run to you and real life. Give us a fight. Give us repentance. Help us look at our friends and all our coworkers in this zombie time in zombie city and say, you know, I don't have to be rude about it, but I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of your rejection. I'm not afraid of offending you. Actually, I need to offend you because I love you. Help us look at money. Help us look at the promises of this zombie promise of money and say, you're not my life. Help us remember you are there. I don't know where my brothers and sisters are. Some of them are slipping away into anger. Some of them are so close to cynicism. Some of them want to blame you because life hasn't been all worked out easily. But Lord, you are perfectly wise. Sometimes we need tough love. But thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for being there again and again and again and again. Give us a heart of repentance. Forgive us again and give us life again. More than we ever thought we could ever have. Maybe even more than we ever wanted. We love you, we honor you in Jesus' name.